Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. Welcome back to this next uh, episode of On Culture. On Culture is the uh, podcast of the Embassy newsletter, theembassy.substack.com. Uh, and I am talking today with Chad Myers, my good friend, who's a pastor in South Carolina. How are you doing this fine morning? Doing, doing well. Thanks for having me. Lovely. Lovely to speak again uh, in this way. Harkening back to uh, the good old times uh, of Rogue Table Talks and right. such. Uh, that groundbreaking podcast that is, right, he's holding up the... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's audio only. <laughs> I got the coffee. Well, you, the we can see it. <laughs> yes, we can see it. Um, yeah, and so, uh, but today we're going to be talking about uh, art, uh, and we have done some uh, discussion of that in the past, and uh, the the um, the way in which art is used to um, express truth in a way. Uh, and uh, by which we bear the image. Everyone who is an artist bears the image of God in some way. And so uh, what I thought I might do is just sort of, I do uh, want to give uh, the, uh, a shout out to the, the article I read that sort of kicked this off uh, in this form for me uh, was an article by uh, Professor Agnes Callard, who's at University of Chicago. She's a philosophy uh, professor who... She writes for the magazine The Point, and somehow I came across um, this particular article where she's making the point that art is for seeing evil. And I don't know what her, uh, you know, I don't know that she has religious commitments. I sort of doubt that she has. I've read a little bit of her stuff. Um, but she uh, she talks about in her piece how she assigned, she has assigned a lot of literature in her philosophy courses uh, way more than you know many others, partly because it is a a way or perhaps the best way to see some of these big philosophical things like in her uh, the point that she makes is evil that we don't you know the evil is around us, but we don't really see it uh, without it being artistically uh, expressed and you know the piece I wrote was sort of in response to that, and I'm expanding on her point. Uh, and saying art is for seeing. Uh, it's for seeing transcendent, big, eternal things. Uh, and uh, I start with a, a, a section from Tolkien, from The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, near the end of the story, uh, that has, you know, passage that's been meaningful to me that I, you know, have I read it at my sister's funeral, uh, that talks about hope and beauty in the midst of barrenness and darkness and the enduring hope that all of the darkness will be one day replaced uh, by, you know, beauty uh, uh, in the future. And, uh, you know, I'm actually looking at, you sent me a postcard uh, this summer with that passage uh, on it from your vacation. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. I guess... um, let me let me toss it over to you and like what are your thoughts on I don't know if you had a chance to read her piece uh, but what are your thoughts on this 
this notion that artists were seeing and, and why might that be so if it's so? Um, yeah, I think I didn't, didn't read her whole piece, just the segments that you had. Um, and we can maybe talk about it offline. In one sense, she she has a restricted view that artists were seeing evil, but she actually, uh, in her own words, betrays uh, that it's actually bigger than yeah. that because she talks about yeah. artists for seeing courage and self-consciousness. And I don't think yeah. she would describe those things as evil, but I think the human condition, uh, kind of, I guess, to my point, it's going to tell you out loud <clears throat> what art is for and why we look at art or listen to art. If we're including, um, songs and music and, um, other forms of art in this, uh, not just, paintings but you have a book and poetry so broad spectrum art um it actually reminds me of uh, a, a poem by emily dickinson and um you you could just say the sky is blue mm -hmm. um, let's say theologically you could just say mankind is broken and needs fixed right but but mm -hmm there's a way of saying something and those uh i think lewis described different types of language um so you have scientific language and then poetic language and a lot of the bible you have a poetic language actually mm -hmm. but uh this this short poem by dickinson says this tell all the truth but tell it slant success in circuit lies too bright for our infirm delight the truth's superb surprise as lightning to the children eased with explanation kind, the truth must dazzle gradually or every man be blind. Mm. So art, art has a way of maybe even softening uh, the reality of the human condition and the world that we live in. And e even as uh, Professor Callard talks about evil, uh, maybe, you know, you, you talk about um, the Holocaust or a tsunami mm -hmm. killing hundreds of thousands of people. Well, art maybe has a way of softening the blow of the human, the, you know, human experience of evil or pain, uh, or, you know, sharpening it to, mm -hmm. well, the way the, the proposition of you should have courage that doesn't inspire me. But if you show me a picture or tell me a story of courage, that would sharpen my experience and invite me to some type of inspiration. So I think that's part of what art is doing when we say art is for seeing. Yeah, what what is the name of that poem? Dickinson's poem. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's uh, I might actually use that in the piece uh, or refer to it because it's not published yet. Um, it it that's that's because uh, I thought of that and then I forgot it uh, as I was writing the piece. Um, and you know her to speak of her, you know the hope is a thing with feathers. You know that her you know, basically short little poem about hope, you know, she's, it's not a propositional saying, she's not trying to define it. She's trying to paint a picture that relates, you relate to it in a, in a new way. And I think that's sort of, as she's saying, um, you know, you kind of have to tell it slant if you're going to tell it truly, mm -hmm. because to, otherwise, otherwise, if you say, well, you know, 12 million people died in the Holocaust and this many Jews and this many Slavic people. And, you know, and it happened between, you know, 19, 
you might as well be reading from the phone book. You know, it's, 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 you're just a list of facts mm-hmm. that don't connect with you, or it's easy not to connect with you. But if mm-hmm. you say, watch Schindler's List, uh, or some, you're, you're seeing actually a very small, in the big picture, slice of that, that reveals the horror of all of it in a way that you wouldn't, you wouldn't appreciate Right, so that's kind of to her point is, especially if we don't want to see evil, then we kind of almost have to have art to see it fully, because otherwise it's just something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad things happen. We dismiss it, or you know, have words that sort of surface engage with it. But would you would you rather watch the news or would you rather watch a movie? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the funny thing is one of them is real in one sense in which it's this just happened today uh, over here in this part of the world, um, but it seems almost unreal because uh, because of that. Mm-hmm. But if you can artistically say something about tragedy, then you're connecting with it in a way that's real. Um, you know, in the piece I have this uh, painting that I included of this family and mourning, just sitting around. Uh, it's a funeral dirge mourning their son who lost died at sea and the son's hat is sitting in the middle of the floor and they're all sitting around it and you know the kind of the point is you can say yeah losing your child at sea is sad true statement <laughs> uh but it, you know the painting engages you in a way it almost puts you there you know you can imagine yourself in that situation so yeah i think like to your to the your point that, or to Dickinson's point, it, it both softens it and draws you in. And at the same time, then it allows it to have, to have more impact. Well, I think uh, it's, uh, it's, um, another way to say it, I guess, is, <clears throat> you know, propositional statements engage the mind, but, you know, prose engage the mind, but poetry engages the heart, the affections. Like you, mm-hmm. you're meant to feel something. You're meant to feel something for the family. Um, you know, I'm a father. So I look at the father in the picture who's off in the corner mourning. I'm meant to identify with, gosh, mm-hmm. you know, what would my body be like slumped mm-hmm. over? You know, mm-hmm. you're meant to feel it um, as opposed mm-hmm. to just take it in to the mind. And I think that's one of the great gifts of art is it um, engages your affections and your desires and your longings. And so maybe you could also, you could say, it's true artists for uh, seeing, um, uh, but you could also say that art is for seeing me, artists mm. for looking into myself, artists telling mm. me something about me. Yeah. Through your imagination, through your affections, yeah. through your heart, and also through your mind. Um, yeah. And so I take her point, which I think was, you know, well made. Um, and I expand it some and I, I said, it's not, you know, not only for seeing evil, the same is true for beauty. The same is true, I think, for all things that are somewhat transcendent that might surround us. Uh, but we tend to, you know, in the business of life and the sort of the temporal concerns, we sort of slide by. Um, and in that Tolkien passage, you know, I have argue that it's not showing you dark, barren hopelessness it's really using that as a background to show you hope truly, uh, what true hope might be. 
And uh, I think that is, you know, that would be my point would, would be it's a little more expanded than seeing evil. Um, now, the, I, I actually emailed uh, Professor Callard. Um, one, of the, one of the reasons I'm, I'm doing the embassy and do these podcasts is I kind of want to model and engage a way in which we can talk about uh, big truths. We can talk about uh, things from a Christian perspective with no assumptions about the audience being Christian or understanding that in a sense, engaging those truths in a way, you know, creatively, perhaps artistically, perhaps that, uh, you know, you're not just stating a Christian truth, you're engaging the concern behind it in a way that might be accessible or interesting, uh, to somebody who's not a believer. And, uh, so I, I emailed, uh, Professor Callard and thanked her for a piece and her kind of her public facing work. Uh, and, you know, so it, and linked my piece to it and said, I, you know, I'm expanding on your point a bit and, you know, not thinking she'd necessarily reply or read the piece. And she replied, she read the piece. She liked the piece. She sort of stuck to her guns a little bit. Uh, and, you know, I then replied to her again. And so that's what, you know, where that goes from there, because in the piece I do mention, and we'll get there in a bit, you know, Jesus's artistic language around parables and, uh, you know, as you've said, the Bible's full of poetic language uh, as a way of getting to truth. Uh, that And so some of that's in there. And who knows what happens, you know, with that. And But that's that's sort of one of the ways in which uh, it's sort of my point, I think, is made by, I don't think she would, I mean, if, if I sent her three bullet points. Or a sermon. Or a sermon. Yeah. She's not going to read it. Uh but I'm engaging with her piece uh, in a way that deals with her ideas, finding common ground. She's saying something that's true. I just think it's incomplete and, uh, you know, expanding on it and then engaging with her on it. And she's open to that engagement. Uh, and I think that's, uh, so that's one of the things I was trying to do uh, there and who knows what, what happens with it. Um, so that's, uh, it's encouraging to me. Uh, and I was, you know, sort of impressed that, you know, she would take the time to, to read it. Um, I want to talk a bit about um, this process of, you know, how we engage art. And I don't think, you know, I don't think that, um, I don't consider myself an art aficionado. And so it's hard to even, but even to watch a movie, um, uh, a TV show that's well-made. There's an artistic representation of something that I think it, this sort of thing happens all the time. And that's one of her points. It happens all the time. Uh, you know, I, I referenced an earlier article. I you know, the, the movie Lars and the real girl, you could make statements about alienation and loneliness and family and love and redemption and connection or you could watch a movie that engages that all of that stuff in sort of a surprising way and you see something at a deeper level and you take that or even take that painting where part of the beauty of the whole experience is you don't really know what it's about at first. Like you have to come to it with sort of an open openness. Hey, what's this painting? These people sitting in the room, what's going on there? 
and then you sort of engage it a little deeper and you go and then now because it's told to you slant and it's not like thrown in your face you sort of engage it and then you go oh okay now i see it in a way that i wouldn't have seen it before or if i'm watching a movie I'm like oh okay or even reflecting back on the movie um, yeah, remember when he said that, that, you know, at the time you're just sort of trying to follow the story and, you know, understand the characters and you don't even know what's happening is sort of my point. Like it's operating at some level that your mind's engaged, but it's more than that. I don't know. Am I, am I making sense? How, is that how you experience? Well, let me, let me, uh, yeah, let me throw this out at you and it's going to sound a bit judgy, but you said for me, the key word is it's the way we engage it. And I wonder if, in large, uh, in America, we, we've become intellectually or emotionally lazy so that we don't engage it, so that we just kind of let it entertain us as opposed to engaging the story or the art. Like what the movie is telling a story and it's using music and character development, all this stuff to tell me something about the world, the way it works or the way it sh we think it should work to tell me about myself, or I'm looking at a picture and I'm meant to engage with the picture. So I, I wonder if there's just, you know, it reminds me of uh, Flannery um, O'Connor. Yeah. Reading a, she was invited to lecture at Georgetown university and uh, they they wanted she wanted to read store a story of hers and they wanted her to do a lecture and she she actually started the lecture with i i really wish i was up here just reading one of my stories but today you know we don't love stories as much as we love statistics and we don't love statistics as much as we love statements and so she's kind of lamenting this we just want statements now and she's like mm -hmm. I, I would just rather read a, a story mm -hmm. and so i feel like there's almost this Hey, just give me the bottom line. Just tell me, yep. tell me the, yep. tell me the thing. I, tell me, tell me what it's about. Yeah. What's it about? Yeah. I, I don't want to like do the mental exercise of engaging right. with this thing. Um, yeah. I do think there's an openness, a curiosity, or even some sort of humility to something new that's in, you know, in order to really understand and engage with something you, you have to have, you know, if you think you have the world totally figured out, then you're only going to see stuff you're open to seeing. Uh, right. And so I think there is a, you know, there's a truth to that where, um, and, and that's sort of where I get to when I talk about Jesus's use of artistic language, uh, that, you know, I think I'm, you know, I'm qu quoting from, you know, a couple of things he said in Matthew 13 and Matthew 13 is full of parables. Um, and, you know, he would say, I mean, if you think about what those stories, little stories were, he's, he's talking about truths of the kingdom in a way, he's telling it slant in a way. The kingdom of heaven is like dot, dot, dot. Now, of course, you know, if he just described the kingdom of heaven to us propositionally, or, I mean, I don't even know that we would know what he was talking about. Like he has to relate it to us in some, you know, in some way. And there's a way, there's a meaning in which, like, so if you, you know, if you take a commentary or you, you listen to a sermon about one of those little parables, you know, you'll say, this is what he means, 
when he says this. And that's kind of what we have to do in a sense. But there's a certain, it's always going to mean a little more than that because the story is going to have a little bit more behind it, right? It doesn't break down into two or three little statements and that's all it means or else he just could have said that, right? There's something more there. And I'm thinking of O'Connor as well when she said, she was quoted as saying, you know, people ask me what my stories are about. And I said, I can't, you can't really tell what a story is about. You just have to read the story. And, you know, that's kind of what she's, she's saying. And I think Jesus is doing that purposely, right? I mean, he is, um, he's, you know, to utter things hidden since the creation of the world is, you know, Matthew 13, 34 and 35. It's quoting Psalm 78. He's opening his mouth in parables. He's fulfilling this prophecy to reveal uh, these truths in a way. Um, but to your point at, at the same, in the same chapter, he's, he says that this is why I speak to them in parables, though seeing they, did, they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding, ever seeing, but never perceiving and so on. So it is, it, it's open, uh, the meaning is open at a deeper and fuller level or alternatively it's easy to substitute a much cheaper meaning or much more surface meaning or you know it's not really talking about this you know i'm going to i'm going to dumb it down to something that i can do and say that's what jesus was talking about um so it it reveals but it also it can be a vehicle for concealing if I'm not open to it, do you think? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think, um, think they conceal something. And I think to your point, like there's the stories and the art and the beauty is ultimately pointing just like your opening piece of Sam seeing the star. They're pointing to something beyond Mm -hmm. The, the, you know, there's truth and high beauty and hope that's beyond. And so I think that's why we, we love good stories and songs because they connect with the ache inside of us that says there's Mm -hmm. more, there's more. And you don't define them more, you know, well, what is it about? Well, there's just, there's more, there's more than this. Mm -hmm. There's something beyond this. There's truth and beauty. You don't, you don't uh, try to take it into a proposition it's the story's doing its work by inviting you to this longing and hope that you were made for more and there's more out there, those sorts of things. So they do conceal in that sense. Um, I also think that um, Jesus, he didn't really get into debates with people, didn't get into theological debate, didn't get trapped into one. Um, but he told stories as a way, it's almost like, if someone is going to be opened up to something greater than what they already think or different than what they already think, you're not going to do it by setting out propositions that challenge their propositions. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so it's a very creative way of inviting them to wrestle with something that maybe they don't even know is there. So the parable is revealing something in their subconscious that they're going to have to fight you know, to get down there and be like, oh, I didn't realize this was true. And you actually see the effectiveness of, in my opinion, Jesus 
teaching storytelling and, and picture painting because he loved imagery, just mm -hmm. giving you an image and walking away from it. Um, in the book of Acts, you see a lot of these uh, religious leaders coming to faith. Mm -hmm. And so I think his stories had this uh, effect upon a lot of people. Uh, but back to your earlier point about even about the embassy, there's a there's a winsome apologetic in the teaching of Jesus to meet people in a world that they could completely understand, a field, a seed, a mustard tree, the birds of the air, the flowers, and then couch some truth of the kingdom inside this world and mm -hmm. say, well, it's like this, but it's more. It's more. And to your point, you know, you're saying this to the professor. Yes, that's true. And it's more. It's more mm -hmm. than that. And I probably would have balked at this type of apologetic uh, conversation earlier on in life. But I come to I've come to think that it's more and more true. Uh, Simone Weil, the French philosopher, said that uh, the great tragedy of Christianity is that it came to see itself as replacing all other religions as opposed to adding something to everything. It's not just a competing ideology. It is, yes, there's truth in your religion and there's truth in what you're saying, but there's more. Here's the completion. Here's the completion here's of the, it, which is this, the fruition of it. To me, it. what yeah. you're saying to the professor, yes, that's true. Yeah. And let me tell you the full truth. Yeah. 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 And, and I do think there's a, there's a, that's a, there's a way into that truth that, uh, they've already opened the door for like, she's in a sense already opened the door for it. And I'm walking into her door on her terms mm -hmm. and then engaging it. And it reminds me of, you know, it's the, the, the guy, the teacher of the law who asked Jesus, you know, after saying, you know, one of the great commandments is, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And, but who is my neighbor? He wants to, he wants to narrow the field down uh, and Jesus, instead of saying, well, everybody's your neighbor, uh, even the Samaritan's your neighbor, you know, even the worst person that you could think of, think of the worst person, that's your neighbor, that's who you have to love. Instead, he tells a story. And it, you know, so the guy doesn't even know what's going on at first, like what's what's going on. And then he comes to the end of the story and said, so who was the neighbor? And And it's the same sort of thing where, you know, these Pharisees are judging these people coming to grace and how can these people, you, do you know who these people are, blah, 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 blah. And he tells these parables of, of the lost being found and, you know, the sheep and the coins and then the lost son with an older brother. And at some point, probably towards the end of that story, the Pharisee to whom Jesus is talking probably realizes, oh, I'm the older brother in this story. Maybe, maybe he realizes it. Maybe he's not, but he's the older brother mm -hmm. in the story. And, you know, it's a brilliant artistic way of it, it, it conceals the truth long enough uh, and draws you and engages you. And then so when it reveals it, it's revealing us something that's even bigger. Like, like the Pharisee probably would have tuned Jesus out if Jesus started in some other, another way, but he starts telling him a story and he's probably 90% through all the stories before the Pharisee realizes, oh, I'm the older brother here. But he's the, and, inviting and me. That's the trick. Yeah. Right. That's the trick. It's not a, a, a debate of facts because uh, that will just engage someone's defenses. It is a, the story has a way of drawing you in where your defenses come down. 
Right. And that right. has that has to happen. The defenses right. have to come down. So uh, yeah. Right. And even even it's not it, it, the fences come down, and 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 I think that's because um, what Jesus is doing in that particular instance is he's inviting the Pharisee to this party of grace that these lost people have found, uh, and he's saying you're also welcome. And you know, just like the older brother, the Pharisee wants to say, I don't need that. You know, I've done everything right. And so it's not even, it's sort of a half refutation, half invitation. It's, you know, sort of a loving engagement. Like he's not winning an argument. He's inviting him to something deeper. Uh, And I think that's what art can do. Uh, It can do for our own selves. We are, our defense is lower and we're then, oh, I see it deeper. Uh, But in a way we can try to figure out how to engage people uh, through if it's through art or uh, some other mechanism by which we lovingly invite them to consider something deceiver but not you know right from the get-go here's where you're wrong here's what's true you know sign on to this because that's probably not going to work and you know the second way may not work either um, but I do think there's a, there's something there that should cause us to, uh, should spur us to be thinking about the artistic expressions of our culture, to look for common ground, to look for truth, to look for ways in, um, and to learn something, but also to connect. Yeah, to engage, to connect, to find common ground. But I have to believe there's common... I have to believe there's common ground there. Mm-hmm. I have to believe beyond a theological, uh, you know, proposition that we're all image bearers and we all bear the image of God and we all therefore create, you know, beauty and engage with beauty and meaning and, and all that stuff. I have to kind of believe it at a deep level so that I'm expecting to see it and expecting to be able to have these connections with people mm-hmm. uh, so that, you know, so that I can do that sort of, that sort of loving invitation, that loving dance. And I just think uh, there's a lot of reasons why we don't want to do that. Uh, you know, so as we're kind of thinking, let's, I want to throw that to you to like, what keeps us from doing that? What, what's, what are obstacles for engaging the world in that way? Do you think? Uh, I think one of them is, um, we have a certain set of people that uh, we think are, these guys are good to read and watch and listen to. And these guys are bad to read and watch and listen to. And I just think from the get go, we probably draw a line in the sand and say, I can't learn anything from you or you're this type of person. I don't, you don't have anything to offer me. And so from the get go, I think there's a us versus them or good versus bad. And, I was reading this morning in uh, Thomas Aquinas, uh, the uh, scholastic, primary scholastic theologian, basically said, if it's true, it's of the Holy Spirit. So Mm -hmm. he didn't question the origin of something. He questioned the veracity of something. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in, well, did did an atheist say that? Did a Catholic say this? Did a so-and-so, did a former, you know, pastor who fall from grace say that? But the point is like, but is it true? 
is it right. telling a truth about the world? And I was in a class at Covenant, and um, you know, one of the professors said that the the best stories around tell truth, tell some type of truth. It doesn't matter who tells them, and they tell them because they have something of Eden inside of them, and we have right. to believe that, and we we have great grounds to believe that from the scriptures, but. They're telling a story that is reflecting something of beauty, truth, or evil, I mean, brokenness, or something. Mm -hmm. And so I think, to me, that's one of the primary things is we just write people off uh, because, you know, I can't learn anything from them. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that the good list, the bad list, uh, sort of like if they're on the bad list, I'm going to ignore them. Uh, but, you know, if they're image bearers, which they are, uh, if they're saying something true, then they're on the ground of truth, not on, there's no bad truth in good truth. There's just truth. And uh, to engage on that level, I might learn something, actually, of course. Uh, and I do think there's a sense of, um, you know, are they acceptable for me to read or listen to? Uh, now, it takes a certain level of maturity and, you know, biblical groundedness and I think that's one of the reasons for, you know, that biblical groundedness is important so that you can recognize what's really true and what's not quite true uh, and, you know, what's true but incomplete. And I think that's, um, you know, so I think that's a, a missional engagement with Scripture should help us see, you know, find truth and find its limits in other expressions and then connect based on that. Um, and so that's, again, that's hopefully what we're doing at the embassy and in, you know, on culture is we're engaging with things in ways that are invitational and gracious and not line drawing and divisive, uh, because at the end of the day, we want to issue an invitation. You know, we want to invite people to the new kingdom, uh, and exemplify it, uh, in ways that, um, are invitational and loving and gracious. Uh, so hopefully we're doing that. Thank you for uh, your you know, participation in that, uh, Chad. And uh, I'm going to land the plane there and as we're getting past our time. Uh, and so if you haven't read the piece, I'd love for you uh, to do that. Uh, Artists for Seeing on the embassy.substack.com. You can share it and uh, you know subscribe as well. Um, until next time, uh, thanks for listening to On Culture. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy On Culture? You can support us and the content produced by subscribing to our newsletter, The Embassy, by visiting theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.